to episode 32 of the Closing Time Podcast. I am Joe McGuire. She is Abby Bro, and the spring market is starting to heat up. And something kind of funny happened yesterday uh, with you and I. Yes. I took our client out to find a house. Mm -hmm. He told me he wanted to put in an offer. I called you. You started the paperwork. You said, let the agent know there's an offer coming. Right. So I did. And I maybe wasn't 100% clear that my partner would be the one submitting the offer. And so... I reached out to him, asked him a question. I did say that you were my partner. You Well, maybe, yeah. it, maybe it got lost in but translations. Because he immediately texted me and was like, yeah. just wanted to clue you in. There's another agent yeah. making some moves here. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't take you and I long to realize... He was talking about you. Right. And uh, we did get the offer in and then had to write a long email explaining. Explaining why, the, what actually yeah. happened. And we ended up securing the home for our buyers. So we were very excited yes. about that. And um, I, I guess I knew this, but I, I it's a, we'll, make, we'll officially talk about it here that you're, uh, you're part of the uh, GAR Young Professionals Network. Right. Yes, I am. And there is a very cool event coming up on March 4th. Yeah, so March 4th, we're doing yoga and beer. Um, so Gar's hosting it with help from Chris Sedillo, who is one of our go-to loan officers. And a previous guest. And a previous guest, if you uh, remember. And um, so the event is at Thomas Hooker Brewery, so that's in Bloomfield. And it's March 4th from 5.30 to 7.30. So here's the deal. Yoga and beer, but you don't have to do both. You can do either or. Um, you can start off with yoga and with beer. You can start off with beer and with yoga or mix it up, whatever you choose. Um, but just come, make sure you come. What is it? It's like what? Five, 10 bucks, 15, 15. Great networking event. Yeah. Oh, it's actually five 30 to eight. So if you click the link on guard, it says five 30 to eight. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I know. Just gained an extra half an hour. And so Chris is going to be great with his, like he's bringing his snacks. Um, Chris has the best snacks. He does. He's a good snack guy. He's really good. Yeah, he's 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 very thoughtful with his snacks. Um, bring your yoga mat. They will not be one provided for you, but it's going to be a great event. Um, you're going to mingle with some other realtors um, and affiliates. Maybe I should go to that. Yeah. I clicked interested. Mm-hmm, you did. I haven't committed, but you're now I'm your yoga pants. Now that I know you're all going, now I'm, I'm going. in. Yeah. Uh, did you know that according to the 2019 NAR profile of home buyers and sellers? 40% of sellers had to reduce their price mm. at least once last year. It's kind of common. Yeah. Uh, you know, we are getting to that point where it's a spring market. Uh, and while inventory hasn't exactly flooded the market here, at least in, in Connecticut, um, definitely seeing a little bit more action on the market. Mm-hmm. And every market's a little bit different. So it's hard to, it's really hard to tell. Here's how you can tell, though, if your market's already peaked. And I feel like we had kind of seen this more recently, those multiple offers. Yes. There seem to be multiple offers on everything uh, we we have come in contact with over the past couple months, right. including our own listings, which has been great. You see days on the market start to increase. Mm-hmm. More price reductions. The number of expireds starts to blow up. Uh, and builders start offering incentives. Yes. Uh, when they start, uh, obviously. Free upgrades, yeah. things like that. Uh, so... I, I don't think we're there yet. No, no. But I think it's probably heading that way. Okay. But we still haven't seen the influx of inventory yet where that's become a problem. Yeah. there. So there are new um, houses coming on the market every day, but it's not like 
15 houses coming out on the market every right. day. Yeah. Yeah, it has been it's been kind of slow. Now, mm-hmm. um when this day eventually comes, there there's going to be where you're going to have to explain to your sellers that prices are dropping. Yeah. And that things are suddenly not as much the buyers are the sellers market and it becomes more of a buyers market. Um, so you have to be um, ready for that to happen, nimble, ready with with what you're going to do to combat that. And of course, there's the, you know, how do you overcome the, well, we can wait, we can wait a couple more weeks, a couple more weeks, mm-hmm. because again, nobody wants to drop the price. You as an agent don't want to drop the price any more than the client does. I mean... Right well, unless, you're, unless it's completely overpriced. I mean, well, what, sure. yeah. I mean, what I do if I feel that it gets overpriced um, and I still want to take the listing is I'll write it into the contract that within 30 days or however many weeks um, we have to reassess based on the feedback. So it's not based on what I think. I've already told you what I think and what the market thinks. Um, based on what your consumers are saying, we have to re- reassess. Now, we just sold a house in Meriden, a listing that we had. Yep. And um, the comps when we went in were pretty close to where we were. After we sold the house, it looks like we actually did better than yeah. we thought we would. And again, it was one of those where... Changed. Sure, it happened so fast. Um, now we're about to... Well, we just obviously got an, an, another offer in a, in a house in, in the same town. Yeah. And... Um, Clearly, the price that we got on the last house, you can see the difference, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty much you're, you're already kind of though starting to see the prices are on their way down. I think if we were to list that house today, I I, I mean, a month plus later, I think we'd have to uh, come in lower. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I feel about talking about that right now just because they are active. Yeah, I'm not giving specifics. Okay. I still feel a little weird. Okay. Yeah, because it's not a done deal. I mean, we have a signed contract, but still things can happen. True that. And All if right. it does, we're... I mean, yeah. that's what it is. I mean, legit, you know, looking looking back now at the price, mm-hmm. I, th- I think it would be more difficult. Well, obviously, because it's the spring market. It's a different market. That's how it works. But kudos, I guess, is my point. Right. But that's another, I mean, again, that's one of the other big things is you got to start really watching your comps now because comps from three, yeah. four months ago. Yeah. Keep up to date with that. Correct. Um, Keller Williams, I feel like is always in the news. Yeah. Uh, mostly not for great <laughs> reasons. Uh, this one's a little bit more interesting and, and not necessarily. Keller Williams is an amazing company. A hundred percent. And they're fabulous agents. But yeah, sometimes, um, there's jokes to be had at their expense. Ha ha ha. <laughs> so as of April, April 1st, 2020, Keller Williams Associates that leave to go to a competitor will no longer be eligible eligible to receive profit shares from the company's lifelong revenue program, which is interesting. Yeah. Because it's a lifelong program. That makes no sense. Right. Uh, the policy is You're dead not, to me now. <laughs> it, well, that's what it's becoming. And people are like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, it's it's not retroactive. It only applies to associates who join on or after April 1st. So if you previously were part of the program. So did they change the name of it? No. That's silly. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so Keller Williams International Associate Leadership Council made this change December 15th at their, their big uh, franchise or reunion in Texas. Um, they also increased the profit sharing vesting period, which is how long a KW associate has to be with the company before you get those lifetime profit share benefits, 
which are unconditionally bestowed to seven consecutive years. That's up from three consecutive years. Again, okay. that also goes in on April the 1st. The change is a result of efforts made by a group of top KW earners last year who were like, wait a minute, the profit sharing here is incredibly too too equal it's it's right. almost Lupin too equal for, yeah yeah uh meanwhile keller williams had literally no comment <laughs> on any of this so uh four consecutive months they have lost agents that was another big story yeah. about keller williams coming in this month i'm not sure that this is gonna help uh although maybe they'll lose less agents who want to want to stick around for that it's a great idea it's nice that keller williams is doing that i think it's one of those things where you know you're sort of damned if you do damned if you don't you have to set your brokerage apart and i think when your top earners yep. are complaining yeah yeah you gotta listen i to mean them. you just gotta do what you gotta do unfortunately but yeah no keller williams is a great company i don't i mean yeah, I, their I think- family reunion was just like last week, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. The fifteenth. People love that. Um, yeah, no, great company. And I think obviously when you're a big company and you you wield a lot of influence, your moves are important. Yeah. And we you know, we track what Keller Williams is doing and what everybody else is doing. That's a big boy right there. So um some interesting um interesting moves. Yeah. Um FHA loans are just a a, a real dominant part of business, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's kind of dig in. Here's seven facts about FHA loans. Everybody should know. Maybe, you know, these, maybe, you don't. let's say number one, homeowners don't have to pay FHA a mortgage insurance forever. FHA's a life of the loan policy on mortgage insurance is one of the most unpopular features. Obviously, uh, many first time buyers shy away from FHA when they learn that FHA requires them to keep their FHA mortgage mm-hmm. insurance as long as they have an FHA mortgage. So very, very important to understand and know that. Right. Uh, number two, that you can qualify for an FHA mortgage only two years after a bankruptcy and three years after a foreclosure. That's huge. Right. Again, people kind of assume that they know what the, what the rules are and the regulations. Yeah. Cause people think it's what, six years, right? That's uh, the common answer. That's the common answer. Yep. FHA is more, con- uh, more lenient than many conventional lenders on giving qualified borrowers a second chance after a foreclosure or bankruptcy if you're qualified obviously if you have no money and you declared bankruptcy you're not getting it but <laughs> right. if you're in you better shape you know hey if you you bounce back quick from a bankruptcy you're in good shape for fha number three you can get an fha mortgage with a much lower credit score than a conventional mortgage yeah borrowers with credit scores as low as 580 can qualify for fha financing with just three and a half percent down. Right. And scores between 500 and 580 can be eligible for mortgages with 10% down. And then if you have a little bit more money, you can use that to actually buy down your rate a little more. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think a lot of the times people feel like, you know, uh, unpaid debt or or bills or medical bills from three or four years ago, if you file for bankruptcy, that you're like, oh, now I'm just going to have to rent forever. Mm-hmm. Not true. And it's not like these are like shady mortgage dealings like this this is what's available for you to get you into a home if you don't make a conscious effort to see what's available to you when it comes to housing insurance phones all sorts of services you should be calling on your car insurance every six months 
and asking for a new rate or asking Flo to give you another company's right? rates because she'll do it. That's how cool she is. Right. Number four, FHA loans usually have lower interest rates than conventional loans. Now, there's no guarantee FHA approved lenders will give you a better rate on an FHA loan than a conventional one, but they usually do. Mm-hmm. Number five, FHA is not for everyone. Investment properties, second homes, and higher-end homes don't qualify. FHA will not finance any kind of second home, a vacation home, an investment property, or a flip. Properties must be primary residents where the owner is going to live for the majority of the year. FHA does require a buyer move into the property within 60 days of the closing. So here's the thing. I believe that that is true, but I also believe that you can purchase a, ho- a second home with an FHA loan, but I th- maybe it's you have to get rid of the other ho- home first. I think you have to spend a certain amount of time. In Right. It has to be like, what, two, three, six years, something like that. Something like that. Mm, I don't think it's six. That, that did seem like an extreme number. Yeah. I was with you on the two, three, and then you jumped to six. And yeah. I was already committing to agreeing. Right. So it's not like something you can just ha- This is your first shot with an FHA. You can use it again to purchase another home. Yep. Uh, number six, FHA is kind to debt limits, but it's tough on deferred student loan debt. Now, lenders assess a borrower's ability to handle a mortgage by the good old debt to income ratio. Now, the front-end ratio looks at your housing-related debts, mm-hmm. uh, your monthly mortgage, property taxes, blah, blah, blah. The back-end takes into account all of your monthly debits, right. whether it be mortgage payments, credit card, car loan, car insurance, phone, all that. Target card, Victoria's Secret card. You got a lot all of cards, dude. Stuff. Yeah, right no, no, on. Not me, not me, not yeah. me. <laughs> I mean, us, we, the, 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 the royal general, we. The general yeah. consumer we. Uh, the current limits for FHA debt to income ratio is 31% for housing related and 43% for total debt or less. Mm-hmm. Um, for conventional purchase loans, DTI average was lower, 23% for housing and 36% for all monthly debt payments. So again, you're hearing uh, we're FHA, generally a better deal. Uh, number seven, the last one, if you uh, have good credit, you will pay more for FHA mortgage insurance than private mortgage insurance. They did a study last year. This was the Urban Institute. And what they found was borrowers with better credit scores are better off with a conventional mortgage as opposed to FHA. But both FHA and conventional borrowers pay less each month as their credit improves. A difference in cost between FHA's mortgage insurance and the private mortgage insurance makes a conventional loan a better deal. Yeah. So you got to look at all the numbers, all the scenarios, have your loan officer go through that with you. I know a lot of people just assume conventional is a better way to go. Yeah. Uh, And in some instances, it is some instances it isn't. And that's why that's why you need professionals. Yeah. That's why um, going online or using an app probably isn't the way to go to secure a mortgage. I think we talked about this, but it's like, you know, if you go through an app, they may not have every um different type of mortgage out there they may not offer it and so if they don't offer it they're not gonna educate you on it and then you don't know so um you know talk to your um if you're buying a home talk to your realtor see if there's someone that they would recommend that would be able to educate you on those things we have our go-to loan officers and 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 thank goodness because i'll tell you i mean the way it changes, mm-hmm. the way rates change and the rules changes and new regulations. Boy, if you didn't, if you don't have a couple of mortgage people that you could just be like, hey, yeah, explain what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'd be lost. 
Yeah. So often it changes. That's how important a good uh, a good mortgage uh, uh, person is too. Something to keep in mind. And again, a good reason why we keep the network that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, our final story here on the Closing Time Podcast is about John Bon Jovi. The great rocker has put his High Point estate on the market for $20 million. That's a lot of million. I've been by the house, by yeah. the way. Are you high? It's in Colts Neck, New Jersey. My cousins live right around the corner from it. Queen Latifah lives over there as well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's like a couple couple other big names in that 80s, area. 90s Mecca. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you were famous 20 years ago, you're in this neighborhood. <laughs> um, it's called the High Point Estate. It's 18,000 square feet. It was actually designed by architect Robert A.M. Sturd in the style of a French chateau. 18 acres. I mean, it's it's the same guy that built Central Park, laid out the uh, that's crazy the estate of of the Bon Jovi's twelve foot ceilings, mm-hmm. uh, parquet flooring, six bedrooms, seven baths. There's a bar, a spa, obviously a recording studio, and there's even an elevator uh, to get you where you, you need have to go. To have an elevator. Seven garages. There's a dock with a boat lift, an outdoor pool, two side cabanas. Yeah, yeah, John Bon Jovi. I love it. On the market. No recording studio? Or do you, oh, oh, there, there is, is definitely there a recording, recording studio, studio yep, in there. Yep, there it is. Yep. I wonder, uh, you know, it doesn't say how long he's had the home. Mm, since the 1980s? Nope. Nope. Yeah, he's no. been rocking out since the 1980s. That's I don't think he's says. been there quite that long. No. I think I think my my family's actually been in, in uh, Colts Neck longer than he has. Oh. Um, but still, I'm sure he wrote um, a hit or two. Right there. Right there in that studio, and mm-hmm. it could be Brushing all yours teeth. for oh. a, just a cool $20 million. Chump change. Not bad. I wonder if you could use FHA loan for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. All right. Well, that is going to do it. Look, no police blotter this week. No. Everybody in the real estate world, for the most part, was good. Yeah. Behave yourself. We like that. It was a good week. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, the Closing Time Podcast. You can visit ClosingTimePodcast.com. You can also check out CloverCrestMedia.com backslash the Closing Time Podcast. For my friend Abby Bro, I'm Joe McGuire. We'll catch you next time on the Closing Time Podcast.